I think they saw just a working mom, you know, working her tail off. And I think people connect to the authenticity of that. We strictly sell through social now and our sales are up year to date because it was this week last year, 133%. Forget the rules. If you like it, wear it. This fashion quote is very fitting for the person I'm sitting down with today. And that clip you just heard is from Katie Jacobs, the owner and major boss lady of Cheeky Peach Boutique located here in the booming college town of Athens, Georgia. In this new episode of Pretty Powerful with Jenny Sue Makeup, you're going to hear how Katie launched her own brick and mortar boutique by following her passion for all things style and fashion, what it's like having your spouse join you as your business partner, why creating an authentic and friendly vibe in a store is important, and yes, the innovative marketing strategy she implemented that took her store sales up over 133% from March 2018 to March 2019. If you're new to my rather new podcast, we are on episode number three, and my name is Jennifer Duvall, and I am a professional makeup artist with 15 plus years experience and the creator of the lighthearted beauty blog, JennySueMakeup.com. Now let's go right ahead and get into Katie's story because it's a fun and stylish conversation. First time, I, I feel very like um, Hoda and Kathy Lee, yes. you know, like a yes. um, little morning show, but not in the morning, having some cocktails, which Absolutely. is so fun. This is a first. It's a little red wine action, so we'll just get started. Love it. You ready? It. Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, you come in and you look fabulous, and we are both wearing our Spanx leggings just to kind of set the stage for our listeners. I have on my, um, are these the Spanx Moto leggings I got from your store? You have the Moto in Steel. Moto in steel color. Yes, ma'am. So mine are like kind of like a grayish steel color. And then um, Katie's wearing her, those are like the original black ones, right? The straight up. Yep. And I love your hat. Thank you. You're a hat girl, aren't you? I love a hat. I have hat face. What do you mean hat face? Big moon faces can wear hats really well. (laughs) What is a moon face? Just like people with big faces and people with dainty bone structure they struggle to wear hats if you have like a big face and big features you can wear big hats it's a thing I don't know I mean I would never have described you as a moon face or having a big face but you (laughs) wear hats very well thank you so is that fedora is that Uh, a fedora style I I don't know what you would call this style hats are so weird it's hard like someone will define a hat a certain way and then it, it is that way for 50 years but um this I guess could be filed under fedora uh, I feel like it's a little more fashiony than a fedora, but mm-hmm. um, or more maybe it's a fedora for twenty. I got this in like twenty seventeen, so it's a couple years old. Oh, it's I like his it. Favorite though, it's very like kind of westernish. Thanks. Um, okay, so let's jump right in, um, so people kind of know who they're listening to today. So this is Katie Jacobs of Cheeky Peach Boutique here in town in Athens, Georgia. And just tell everybody, and I know this is hard to condense yourself into like a little bitty spiel, but just tell everybody kind of like where you were born, where you grew up, college, husband, kiddos, just kind of the meat and potatoes of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. it's very, We're going to talk about your business and all yeah. that kind of good stuff later. I just want people to kind of have a little background history of you. Sure. So I was born in Arcadia, California. I lived there until I was eight months old. My parents moved to Chicago. My dad was in PR. He was an entrepreneur. We lived outside of Chicago for eight years. And my dad was, he started his business and it started thriving. And most of his clients were outside of Atlanta at that point or Coca-Cola, Home Depot. 
So my parents moved us down here to Metro Atlanta, and I spent the majority of my teen years um, in Alpharetta. That's kind of where I went to middle school, high school. But when I lived outside of Chicago, I grew up with all boys. It was like a big group of boys and my best friend Katie and I, and we just like ran around with all these guys. And I feel like that's really why I'm a tomboy today and why I kind of dress that way. I feel like that influence of just being able to put something on and run around and I'm a boy mom now, so it kind of came full circle Mm -hmm. is important to me. But Went to Kentucky, University of Kentucky for two years, transferred to Georgia, rode on the equestrian team, was the photo editor of the Red and Black when it was like a really big deal back then. We were top 10 student newspaper. So I did a lot in school, graduated with a degree in magazines and photojournalism as my emphasis, met my husband my senior year. He uh, played baseball here and was drafted. We ended up spending the next few years kind of moving around for his baseball career. And when he retired, we moved back to Athens and I started my business a year later. I have two sons, Johnny Lee is five and Griff is two. And uh, it's been a wild ride. We've been in business for eight years. Now you said you had a college degree in magazine and photojournalism. Did you know uh, right off the bat you wanted to own a clothing boutique or did you have some other plans after you graduated college? Like, how did that come about? I had other plans. I wanted to, I loved fashion and I always thought that maybe I would go into some sort of fashion photography. I love animals and nature. I thought maybe that could be a thing. You know, when you graduate and you're 22, and I say this a lot to student groups that I speak to, you don't have to know what you're going to do. In fact, your career path is probably going to change. Maybe once, twice, five times. Oh, amen. So at that point, I was pretty sure I was going to be a photographer. I went and worked for a photographer for a little over a year and had a terrible experience. And um, I worked with all a big group of men and I was put down, degraded daily. And it was, it was a bad, bad scene. So I really fell out of love with photography at that point. And I ended up probably a year and a half, two years later, getting into wholesale jewelry sales, just needed a job and thought I would kind of work my way into fashion and I thought that was a good way of doing things, learn the wholesale business, kind of cool, could maybe make some money that way. And I just fell in love. And I started to think, I think I could do this. I was going and selling to boutiques um, all over Florida and Georgia and some other states. And I talked to a lot of store owners and realized that most of them didn't have a formal education in fashion. And a lot of them had art degrees and business degrees and or just never went to school and just opened a, a business and thrived. So I really became inspired at that point to do my own thing and to really take the reins and and go after it. So when you started, um, first of all, how'd you come up with the name Cheeky Peach? Has it always been Cheeky Peach, the business? Always been Cheeky Peach. Okay. How did you come up with your name? I had, when I was writing my business plan, we had probably three or four different names throughout the different iterations of it or different drafts we worked through. And Cheeky was a word that I liked because at that time no one was using it. Actually, a lot of people didn't know how to say it when we opened in 2010. They're like, how do you say that? They didn't know how to say it was weird. It was, it's kind of a throwback word. And I felt like it kind of lost its allure in like the fifties maybe. And like older people knew what it it was weird. It was weird. I'm telling you, but I liked the word. I liked Mm -hmm. the idea of a woman with moxie, a woman who was cheeky, a woman who was, you know, kind of, uh, she, at that point was Southern and now I don't see her as that. I see her as, as being anyone from, you can live in New York or Chicago or Austin or Atlanta or Athens. But at that point 
I was thinking smaller scale. I was thinking Athens, Georgia. So Cheeky Peach was, she was my Southern woman, my my Georgia gal. Cheeky was a word I liked. And then my dad and I knew, my dad's a PR entrepreneur, as I mentioned before. And we were sitting just kind of going back and forth, brainstorming at Trapeze right after it opened. And there was a wine that was described as having peach notes. And I was like, Cheeky Peach, that's her. So he was saying like cheeky dame, cheeky gal, and I said no, she's cheeky peach. So that's how oh, we came. I so thanks it. to trapeze, shout out, and thanks to wine, <laughs> and thanks to wine, <laughs> thanks always. to wine. I mean, always. That's so cute. No, I love the word cheeky too, um, but I think that's hilarious that nobody it really was... would know how to say that. That's strange. Um, but you've moved locations, right? Correct. So is this your second location that you're currently in, or how many times have you moved? It's hard to understand because we moved, well, it's not hard to understand. We moved around the corner, which was like, what, 500 feet, like not even walking distance. Okay, and, yeah. But it made such a big difference for my business to not be on a side street, but to be, be on the main thoroughfare in Athens on Clayton Street. So we moved down or up and around the corner to from 900, it's, it was about 850 square feet, my first storefront. And then we moved into 2,500. And then a year later, the... We were in a building that was subdivided by drywall, and the roof on the other side collapsed, which was our building's roof, and it completely ruined our business. And at that time, it was really scary, and all of those things that happen when you're a little underinsured and your business is, you know, um, ruined. And we rebuilt, and then my landlord came to me and said, would you like the other side of the building? So we took that side over, so then we grew the next year into we're in almost 6,000 square feet now. So wow, a I couple is big, big, but yeah. that is very big. It's very big. Yeah. <laughs> so actually it was kind of a blessing that flooding in so a weird. way. I'm sure it didn't seem that way. I, rem- I remember this story vaguely when that happened. And I, mm-hmm. I just think, I remember thinking that's got to be traumatic for a, a brick and mortar store. One thing that I have found very interesting about your business as a uh, boutique owner is you used to sell clothing online. You always hear that like selling clothing online is kind of where it's at. Um, brick and mortar might be dying. People, are they going in anymore? Everyone needs to sell online. You did that, but then you went away from that in a way, correct? Um, yes. Can you kind of elaborate on what you have done strategically for actually selling your clothes, still in your store, but you also have a very unique way of selling it not in the store? Let me back into this by saying that four years ago, my husband came into this business with me full-time as my business partner. He's my business manager. So that's important as kind of a side note to this because I am a little bit like, let's just pull the plug, you know? And he runs the numbers behind that and says, yeah, that's a smart move. Or no, you're being really irrational by just, you know, you're kind of, you're jumping off a cliff right now. Like, let's, (laughs) let's analyze this a little more before you just haul off. So... In December of 2016, we had to take a hard look at our numbers. We had our, just had our second son. He was four months old. He, both of my sons were colicky, so we really struggled with that. The business was, from a sales perspective, booming, but from the perspective of uh, a P&L sheet, not. And a profit and loss sheet was not. Um, our costs were insane. Our overhead was nuts. And so much of it was going into our e-commerce website. I wasn't in my store anymore. I was having meetings about meetings about meetings, and I wasn't happy. I mean, I look back at photos of myself at that time, and I'm like, wow, I can see I'm not happy at that point. You know, it was really hard. I was working harder than ever. So in March of last year, we started planning a few months before that. Probably in January, I just said, I'm done. 
I don't want to do this anymore. And I met with two of my mentors and they both said the same thing when I aired out these problems. And I said, I think I need to hire somebody to do this or to do that. They both said, you're telling me you're spending too much time on it. You hate it. You don't see your kids enough. It's hard, hard, hard. And now you want to do more. (laughs) Stop. Do less. So we pulled the plug on it in March of last year and went strictly social, which was kind of this crazy phenomenon. My son was colky, as I mentioned, and I just wore him around the store and would go live on Facebook and sell clothes and people connected with it. I think they saw just a working mom, you know, working her tail off. And I think people connect to the authenticity of that uh, on social media specifically, where it can be a little, and especially now I think people are kind of going the other way and, and becoming really tired of it. I think that people at that time didn't know they wanted to connect to it maybe, but certainly did. And we started to see that really grow. And when we pulled the plug last March, people thought I was nuts. And when you pulled the plug on online selling on the online sales, yeah, we just literally took down the website. Okay. And we strictly sell through social now and our sales are up year to date because it was this week last year, 133%. Wow. That's a staggering wow. number. <laughs> I mean, like, I was expecting to say like eh, 35%. 133%. Was it an immediate success once you took it off the website and started social? Or did it take a while? Change is hard for people, and specifically people that don't like change or aren't used to it and couldn't get on board. And we found actually that the person that was shopping with us online was really hunting for deals and bargains. And what we do in our store is educate people on product. So if you're buying Spanx leggings, I want you to understand why they're $98 and why you want to buy those over a product at a big box retailer that isn't going to wear as well, isn't the technology isn't the same. And we couldn't translate that experience on e-commerce. So we found that what we were really doing well was selling, but telling people, if you have a big chest, this is not the top for you. It's, it's a really great top for a woman who's a 36B and under. We've tried it out. We, we know this product. We can touch it. We can feel it. I can tell you how soft something is. So that customer came along. The customer who wanted a bargain basement price top did not. And that's okay. That's not my customer. And and, right. and we still do have great sale items and clearance items. Don't get me wrong. But we found that the people that really wanted to understand how to style the items that they were buying from Cheeky Peach, they came along for the ride. And um, it's it's paid dividends. So, um, yeah. And the sale, it was over the summer, 42% growth after about six months. So that was at the end of the summer. So that was already a really big number for us. We were all already very happy. We just, we kind of approached it as like, let's just do this because it's really fun. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I have fun doing it. And if it works, it works. I will say you do look like you're having fun. I love to watch it. Even if I'm not in the market to shop for anything, I like to watch you because I can tell how much fun you're having in the store. And this is one thing I want to get into. Um, If anyone I know is a little girl, I thought for a little while that I would love to own a store. I think a lot of women, maybe some men even, kind of have that dream of owning their own store, owning their own boutique. There's a lot of specialty boutiques that I've been in before. And in some of them, I have felt um, a very kind of Julia Roberts moment where you walk in and you feel like everybody's staring at you and they're lifting their nose up at you and they're not talking to you and they're like, oh, should she, should she be in here? And that's always very intimidating in a specialty boutique. I don't ever feel that way going into, I mean, maybe going into Neiman Marcus or something, but going into a big, you know, like mall store, you don't get that feeling. But in specialty boutiques, 
makes you sometimes feel intimidated. One thing about your store, and I want to give you some kudos for this, and now we're going to kind of get into the employee side, is whenever I go in your store, um, everyone is so friendly. They immediately acknowledge that you've walked through the door, which is a big deal because there's a lot of stores that don't. And I have felt that way every time I've gone in there. My husband's gone in there and bought stuff for me for Christmas with my three kids. And he obviously likes to wear just like old t-shirts and gym shorts. But yet he has never, you know, after Christmas or birthday when he's bought something from your store, he's never been like, wow, they really treated me like, you know what? He's always had such a great experience and people have been so kind. And I feel like that that is a theme with your employees and the people that you have um, surrounding you in your business. So for anyone that's wanting not even to start a clothing store, but any sort of small business that, you know, you need employees. What is your criteria when you hire people? Like, is there something you specifically look for? Are there questions you ask? Because I feel like employees can make or break a store and a business and a brand. So you've done a really good job with that because I do think that everyone that I've come into contact with is great at your store. So how do you go about the process of hiring people and finding them? Well, first of all, thank you. It is so important to me that everyone have that experience and that we are an inclusive specialty store, specialty retailer, and uh, that has to translate to each and every customer. And it was something when we opened, that's that's definitely the core and the foundation upon which Cheeky Peach is built. So I'm glad you've had that experience and that your husband has too. So... uh, it's so weird. And it's one of those things where I'm a little woo-woo hippie about. I, I really, it's a vibe thing for me. And again, it's where my husband, thank God he's in the business because he is the concrete numbers guy. And I am the, woo- I get to be the woo-woo hippie girl and just sit down and talk to someone. And and I think the big thing for me is that I get a good a good, positive, energetic vibe. I think people that are low energy don't thrive in my environment. And I think that's just working with me. I'm a super energetic person and we work really hard. We have a high volume store. And so I think that's sort of the, the first rule for me is like having a great vibe and then high energy. And I think just, if you're interested, I I don't think you have for me in my business, you don't have to be formally educated or to have worked in retail. I mean, Chick-fil-A employees are some of the best employees. They understand great customer service. And I can slowly teach someone about fashion who's interested in it. And it might be a slow process, but it's a process. And we're in a college town and we can teach up. And then, you know, I have employees who've worked for me for two, two and a half years who are now my senior stylists and my assistant managers. And sometimes they blow me away, blow me out of the water with styling. So, you know, I think I've structured things in a way that people feel incentivized. I've created a sort of an incubator uh, for mentorship and for folks to go out and become successful in the fashion industry. And I think really your employees are not going to invest in you if you don't invest in them and especially this generation. So, and they are smart and they are talented and they'll work their butts off for you. But I think it's important that they know that you're going to work your butt off for them. So it's it's certainly reciprocal. And I've done a lot within my business to structure it a certain way and incentivize people. And like, listen, a, a Starbucks goes a long way. So I'm just if someone does a great job buying them a coffee or throwing them a gift card. So I'm, I try to really stay on top of that. 
So is it important when you, um, on the materialistic side, sure. um, when you interview a person for a job at Cheeky Peach, do you look for an innate sense of style in that person or do you look more towards, oh, this person's going to be able to sell, 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 and they're friendly? Or does it need to be a combination of both? Or do you think you can teach them? Do you think you can teach a person how to have style, I guess is what I'm getting at. I Yeah, I, you know, if a person is excited and listen, like, you know, not everyone has uh, all the monies to go buy all the things. Like, you know, like a lot of the people that I'm hiring are college kids and, and and kind of my, again, my philosophy is like, I kind of want to bring people in a little younger and have them work for me for four years through school. And, and some of the best relationships I've had with employees have worked in that manner. So it, that, yeah, I mean, it is important that they have some understanding or, or just are excited about fashion. Maybe they're putting together a whack outfit, and listen, sometimes that's the best outfit, right? you know, and I'm going, oh my gosh, that's the coolest outfit ever. And they're like, really? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, and they look like they're ready to walk the streets of Paris and, and be photographed. But it's, you know, I think it is teachable. And I think that anyone, again, if you're just excited and coachable and willing to learn, you know, I was an athlete, like if I can see if someone's coachable, I feel like, and if they're just excited, like, and, and, and want to learn the industry. Yeah. I think it's totally teachable. I, you know, there is certainly, if you want to be a senior stylist for me, yeah, you have to like know your stuff and be a student of fashion and watch the, the fashion shows and understand street style and the trends that are emerging and why they're important. Um, but we can get there, you know, currently in 2019, March of 2019, what are your favorite trends in style and fashion that you are seeing? Two of the trends that I've really bought into have been midi length silk skirts, sort of silk looking skirts um, in fun prints and patterns. I think they're really easy for anyone from a college girl going out in Miami on spring break and pairing with a crop top to a mom, uh, for example, with your really cool t-shirt to tie up and throw on a pair of, you know, fashion sneakers and go out to a casual dinner. I think they're really just a, a fun trend that I saw everywhere in industry at one of the biggest trade shows in the country. And I, I just loved it. I thought it was a really fun, funky forward way of doing a skirt. And the other would be, I love bike shorts. I know my friends are all making fun of me. Hold on. Bike shorts? Bike shorts. Bike shorts are back. Like the 80s style. Like the spandex. Yeah, the spandex. Shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're selling them out. I'm, I can't keep them in stock right now. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> are they 40-year-old women like me wearing them? For sure. What? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, I've seen some of your 40-year-old customers and they are like fit as a fiddle. So Not maybe true. they could. Not true. I mean, we're... So we're what do you wear a bike short with? I was, I was on board with the midi skirt. Sure. Tell me how you pull off a bike short. Okay. You and I are both sitting here in leggings. It's really just a short legging if you break it down. So like, again, with what the way that I'm wearing it, it, like a cool, free people, distressed, oversized shirt, my fashion sneaker, my crossbody fanny pack, which laugh away, but is the most convenient thing you will ever own if you are a mom. Yes, and you're laughing. Jennifer's <laughs> laughing at me, but I'm okay I'm with it. I'm laughing about the fanny pack. I haven't gotten on board with that yet either, but I'm listening. Keep going. Wear one across your body and go out with your kids. And when they're asking you for this, that, and the other thing, mom, can I have a piece of gum? Mom, can I have a piece of gum? Can I have your chapstick? And it's all right there and your hands free, specifically with two toddlers. It is like the best ever. So yeah, it's forward and it's, it's, it's a trend and it's not for everybody, 
but my customers are reacting really positively to it. And I think it's fun. It's a a short legging. We all love leggings. So when you're wearing your bike shorts, should your shirt cover your fanny? I listen, I don't think it has to. You know what? The rules, I don't believe in the rules of fashion. And, And so you're sitting with a girl who says, you know what? I don't care of your size. I don't care. Like, if you are feeling it, if you are feeling yourself, do you. If and, you put and, it on, it you know, feels and good. And if somebody you go doesn't, and here's my, and again, I'm a 35 year old mother. If you don't want to look, don't look, you know? And that's, that's just my, that's my personal philosophy. You don't have to look at me, but I'm going to dress the way that feels good for myself. And I don't care if you don't like it. So laugh away. There you I go. I feel, and oftentimes, Honestly, Jennifer, the people that are laughing are the people that are the most insecure. So, you know. Yes. Yes. Say that again. The people that are laughing or commenting or being ugly are the most insecure. I think that kind of sums it up for all of life. Yes. In every aspect. Um, So if someone were has never been to Cheeky Peach, what would you say in a nutshell is your vibe, your store vibe? Like, how would you describe it? Feminine, authentic, real, tomboy, trend forward thoughtful, curated, but we're in a big space so we can curate in a bigger way. Um, shoes, denim, <laughs> two of my favorite categories. I just, I'm a, I'm at like a, a nerd about shoes and denim. I love construction and I love the details and I love the process. So those are two categories that are really big for me. Um, just inclusive and a really fun time. It is. It's a very fun store. I want to get into the whole, um, the look of your store, too, is kind of amazing how you created the interior and the vibe of the inside of it. Not just the people, but actually, like, how it's built and decorated and everything. But I want to jump into um, what, another business side of anyone that's thinking about o- opening a clothing store, even opening an online store, but they just love clothes and fashion. I know, because I used to be in wholesale um, clothing sales as well for free people years ago. So I kind of know that side of it. And I know that, you know, working in a showroom in a mart that's got a gazillion showrooms with a gazillion lines out there you can't have every line in your store but there are so many of them out there how did you go about finding the brands that kind of fit your style that fit the price point you wanted to have in your store for your customer like how does someone weed through all the many different options of brands out there to find what's going to fit their store best and like how did you how do you go about kind of adjusting that when you're seeing that things you know brands aren't working and like getting rid of them bringing new blood in like how does just how do you figure that out it just seems really overwhelming to me it's and again I'm going to go back to I'm very I'm so weird like I'm very um again like intuitive about things if a vendor if I love their clothes but like I'm interacting with that person and something feels off I'll walk away um even I, if you like the clothes themselves yeah, if you don't I mean, really yeah. dig the vendor you're like yeah, I can't often, do that cuz it's a business between both of you it is it's a relationship and I will say I've been doing it for 8 years 8 and a half years at this point and I've been carrying a lot of the same brands and my, they, you know, my, the vendors I work with, the reps I work with, they know me, we hug each other, we go out to dinner. Some of them are my best friends. You and I have a lot of mutual friends Mm -hmm. from you working in Paula's showroom and industry and they've been there a long time. Like they're great people. Mm -hmm. And I think that finding lines that are going to work for you, first of all, understanding your price point and the business you're trying to build. If I were trying to sell clothes on St. Simon's, 
I would have probably a very different model and my store would look completely different. That's not who I am and what I'm doing. So I'm in Athens, Georgia, and I am, uh, this is my brand. This is really me as, as a store. It's a direct reflection. So it really is a lot of just like, I really like this. And um, when we started upping the price point when four years ago, when we moved from one space to another, it was mostly because I was growing up. I started my store at 27 and I was a mom and I, you know, my look had changed and the things that I liked had changed. The economy had changed. People were able to spend more money. So we broke through the hundred dollar price point and I wanted to carry leather goods. I wanted to carry Dolce Vita shoes. That was really important to me. I loved their shoes. And I'm going, why am I wearing these in my store? And everyone's asking me to buy them and I'm not giving them. It doesn't, it got to the point where it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is just that sort of thing. A lot of it is my employees coming to me. I'm really, I have an open door policy. I never close the door. If the door to my office is closed, I'm either like hard on going hard on something that I need to just concentrate or I'm in a meeting. And my employees come up to me, Katie, oh my gosh, I saw this brand on Instagram. You have to check it out. And I'll pretty immediately know by price point and vibe if it's something that's off to work or not. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. and then the other, you know, or I'll request a line sheet. A lot of vendors you'll have, you know, if they're startups, like they'll, you know, they can't deliver on time or the clothes don't come in or they cancel styles on you. So you'll kind of make decisions that way. And then the second part of your question was... So if you see like you've brought in a, you know, a couple brands and you're like, oh, these are not working. Can you just like, you just cut that relationship with that vendor and you just, do you fill that void with another vendor immediately or like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Navigate those waters. And Mm -hmm. here's my, here's another foundation of the way that I do things upfront and honest. This is a small industry. It feels very, very big when you're at trade show, but it's very, very small and your rep for that company, if you ghost them on your order or just don't, you know, pay your next bill or cancel or whatever, which a lot of stores do, you will get a reputation and it will follow you. And I just, I, off the bat, my husband and I are big communicators and just our relationship with each other. And again, being on teams, I think you can see that people will fail if they can't communicate their needs or what they're, you know, feeling or whatever it might be. So I'll just tell a rep, I'll, I'll email them offhand. And I've had to do this a couple of times when it was really, really hard. And I wrote some big orders, but I'd go, I'm so sorry. Like, tell me I can take in the rest of my orders, but I'm just, I'm not having sell through or this, these items are all going into clearance. I don't get it. I like the items and just being really upfront. And I feel like that's honesty is the best policy. And I feel like if you can attack a problem in a way that's constructive and upfront and honest, the reaction's going to be good mm-hmm. and people are going to try and help you. People I think want to help other people that are doing the right thing. And that's just sort of been the way I've always done business and I have a really good reputation and I've gotten brands that are really competitive because of that, I think, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I think I'm known for being pretty honest. Honesty so. is always the best policy for sure. What trend have you jumped onto to buy for your store that didn't pan out? Oh, you gosh. said the bike shorts are working, they so are it's working. not going to be the bike shorts, you know, but there's got to be a trend that you've bought into at a trade show, and then you got it in the store, and everyone was like, what? That is not going to work here in Athens. So I'm going to be really honest. I know there have been styles that have been funky and weird and bad, but it's really more like if a print, like a print comes in and it's too weird or 
not the right color combination. A lot of florals I've struggled with, which is kind of an odd category to struggle in um, in the Southeast. But for me, it's been in the past, probably I'd say six years before Instagram and influencers and the way that we consume fashion became faster. It was harder to get a Southeastern customer on to the trend. So I'd watch the fashion shows. I would go by and like early on, we were getting in what we now call a jogger at that point was called a harem pant and people did not get it. And I put a lot of them on clearance, but I kept buying them. I just loved them because I was like, these are comfortable. They're cool. They're athleisure before athleisure was a buzzword Mm -hmm. and no one bought them. And there have been a lot of styles like that. I'll say, but now I feel like I'm, I feel like my customer is like, they get it. She gets the trends that you're buying because she sees it everywhere else. And she's like, okay, yeah, this is the you thing. Know, yeah. so I'm gonna, she, okay. see, she sees, you know, Jenny Sue makeup in the newest jacket trend. Camouflage in a, shirt. You know, yeah, in a camo <laughs> top or in a, in a cropped shearling jacket going to dinner with her family. And she goes, oh, I can translate that mm-hmm. to my closet. I understand that. Where a cropped shearling jacket might be really intimidating for her otherwise. Or if she walks into a store and just sees it hanging, I don't understand it in that context. So social media, street style, um, just the everyday Joe being able to be photographed in something and have it consumed worldwide mm-hmm. is it's really changed the game and it's changed it for designers too. They're having to produce faster and, and it's just, it's changed everything. So it's been, it's been fun to see people go after these forward trends. Um, talking about social media, I did want to get get into that because you are so good at Instagram stories and Facebook. You enjoy it as much as you seem to, I assume. I love it. Um, what is your favorite social media outlet for your store? Not personally, but for your store, what do you feel like people resonate with most? Like, are they more Facebook fans? Are they more Instagram fans? Or are they a little bit of both? There's a lot of crossover and we definitely push people to be what we call omni-channel. So we'll we'll start a Facebook Live on Instagram Live or on our Instagram story, we'll post that we're live on Facebook and I'll be talking on Facebook. So it's kind of, you want that crossover because I feel like Facebook Live is a place where I'm doing more education. So, and I have a lot of customers and I meet a lot of them on game day weekends that I don't, you know... I don't interact with them a lot on social media. They're, they're not big buyers, but they're like, I, you know, I can't always afford the styles. I just love hearing the way that I can put things together that maybe I have in my closet. And that's awesome. I'm, I dig that. I get down with that. And I think there are people that are like sales, 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 sales. That's not me. I really love, like if you can come and maybe buy one piece a year, but just you enjoy the educational component. That's exciting to me because I love fashion and I love the idea of putting together outfits that are unique to you and work for your lifestyle and that we can talk about them in, in those terms. That's kind of the the one side of it. And then the other side I would say is that I think my Instagram user is a little younger. My Facebook user is a little older. And I think like post-grad. When I say older, I mean post-grad. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're in a college town, I kind of have to define that. We it, we kind of operate differently, and you know that. Yes, I know. And I love InstaStory. I think it's really fun. And I can jump on InstaStory when something goofy is happening and record it. And it's just like, I'm just like, this is so weird that, that I make my living doing this. 
<laughs> but you're so good at it. Thank you. And it's, it's so fun to watch. It's fun. But I think you have to capture those moments that are like goofy and weird. And we're, we're a bunch of stone cold weirdos. I and mean, you had a baby in a boutique when you started, if you think about it. Yeah. Instead of a baby in a bar, you had a baby in a I, baby sling in a boutique. Yes. And I can see that people would be like, oh, yeah, she's, yeah, that's some real life right there. Yeah. She's getting that baby to calm down, but she's also looking cute yep. at the same time. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. When it comes to those brands that we were talking about, what are your top three favorite brands in your store right now that you just love? Three only. That's like picking a three favorite children out of 50 favorite children. It's hard. You can do three or four, but. I love free people. I'm wearing 50% of my outfit as free people right now. I think they cover a wide range of customers and a wide range of styles and trends. Um, so free people, I love Dolce Vita and Seychelles shoes kind of equally. Oh, oh Matisse too. Can't forget them. And Chinese mm-hmm. Laundry does great shoes. I mean, I feel like all my shoe brands are really great. So I can't leave them out. And then... <sighs> Denim. What's yeah. your favorite denim line right now? Again, like they're both different. So like, and again, this is my nerdiness. Article Society, it's a, it's like a more of a tomboy cut. It's more of a slim cut. Um, cut is great for, cut from cloth is great for a, a, a girl with curves. And um, and then you've got like free people jeans that are just funky and out there. And I love those too. And I don't know. Oh man. And you love Spanx because we're both and wearing I love Spanx your Spanx pants I mean, right who now. Who doesn't love who doesn't and love Betsy Peter designs jewelry and Whitney shoe jewelry. I mean, like ugh, I could go on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your jewelry is yeah, your jewelry is very good, and it's cool. Jewelry. You have a lot of you have local artists mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and I have some of my um, favorite bangle bracelets. I can't believe I'm not wearing them right now. But what are they called? The kind of brass ones. They have the funny, funny sayings. On oh, them. Gage Huntley. Yes, my friend Amanda Dale. Yes, her son's name is Gage Huntley. And oh, okay. So she probably didn't know her, that. No, yeah, after her son. Yeah, she is not Gage Huntley. Her son is Gage Huntley. Okay, and she's Amanda Dale, and she actually just moved to the southeast. She's out of Tennessee now. Um, okay. She was out west, and she is just a rad chick. Now she those bracelets are cheeky. They are. They are. And cheeky. They are funny, and they have some yes. bad words on them, and I love them. Yes, I think they are so funny. But she's yeah, rock and roll. You should definitely go check her out. She's <laughs> she's the coolest. She is cool. Um, okay, so I want to go back to your um, the fact that you have your hubby. I did not know. So he works. Y'all work together full time. Mm-hmm. He's the finance guy. He is. I mean, he's truly the business manager. And I get, it's so silly because I get all the credit. I get all the credit. Yeah, I literally, I I mean, I see him in your, I see him in your Instagram stories every now and I think I saw him in there this morning or it was last night. He was unpacking boxes, but I don't see him a whole lot. So I didn't realize he was there full time. And you said he came on four years ago. And so what is his, what are his roles? Like what, what does he do? When you say store manager, like that, that feels very big. Yeah, so business manager. He so he came off of coaching at University of Georgia baseball and he went into private lessons and then he was like you're really struggling as this business is growing. I can see you kind of like you know, trying to do, wear all the hats and not wearing any of them well. And that really was what and he didn't say it that way. I, I think it was just like me coming home crying saying I was overwhelmed. Right? <laughs> Which we, and we mamas can be he, good at that. Uh, well, yeah, and he and he's so great and he just was like, "Let me take on your payroll." And he he was a math major. I'm like this creative oh. wackadoodle and he's like a super grounded math major. So he loves numbers. He, so then he started 
creating workarounds. He's like, oh, you don't, you know, that's not working. Let me create a workaround. And what like, is a workaround? So, like, for example, my point of sale system has some limitations. And um, so we'll, he'll create an Excel spreadsheet for me where I can put things into it, and it just calculates things. It's so fancy. Wow. And I don't know how any of it happens. But he creates these things for me. And he, but he manages, you know, he runs all of our, like, anything that has to do with, really other than customer service and the front end like anything from that shoe bar wall to the back he is kind of running it and for instance this morning we went in early and unpacked boxes because everybody's on spring break and we love to give our employees that time and it's slow so we can unpack boxes and Mm -hmm. you know talk life for an hour before anyone gets in and sometimes that's kind of nice that's certainly not the regular but I I think I'm the heartbeat and he's the brain behind Cheeky and the reason we're successful and he's he really does keep me, you know, uh, on the on the straight and narrow as far as like what I need to understand is happening behind that wall. So how has that been on your relationship to work with your significant other? And like Scott and I work in the same house, but he works in the basement. I work up here usually or, you know, he's out on location with clients shooting videos or I'm in here and have clients. So we're not really together a whole lot, but are y'all together a whole lot? And how is that? On your relationship as parents, as husband and wife, do you feel like it's gotten better since he started working with you, or do you feel like you've had some struggles? Or what are the what are the checks and balances of you know a husband and wife duo working together? Would you would you tell people they should try to do that or yeah. not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be really candid. It's really hard, and it's really easy for the first person when you're frustrated in your business to just get mad at, even if it's not their fault, is your partner, right? I mean, that's easy at home, so it'd be easy at work too. So really defining, I think we've gotten so much better over the years. And there have been times where we were like, okay, you, you got to go out and do for you and I need to continue it cheeky. But then it's like, uh-oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I know, I was wondering so if now you we have to hire someone full-time to do your role. But, but he... It has taken a lot of work and great communication, and I think we are probably in the last six months better than we've ever been at doing this. And you know, it's not for everybody. And he also has a side gig. He does he does baseball announcing, and he is still involved in baseball and a host of other ways. So I think him getting out and having that time for himself is really, really important. But being in Cheeky, yeah, you have to work to, it's like, I mean, it's a relationship, but it's our working relationship and and mutual respect and to not, to you know, to have restraint and say, we have to mutually respect each other. We're in this business and and treat each other as such. You can't just get upset because the dishes aren't done. Like it's, you know, it's, that's not the way it works. And I think it's made us probably better at home too. In fact, I feel like when you start to have that sort of like, you you can't cross the line. You have to acknowledge and and respect each other and um, and treat each other that way. It really raises the bar, I think, in all areas. So I think it's been good for us. It has certainly had its bumps and like it's a lot of work. But I think we're I think we're figuring it out. Four years. Then. Oh, I think you're definitely figuring out with that 133 percent jump or whatever yes. you said. That sale helps. I, I think. Yeah, I think y'all are doing all right. But um, you know, I appreciate you being candid about. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I can see in your face like, oh, it is really hard, mm-hmm. but it can be really good. You can have your really, you know, good moments. But you know, like every relationship, I'm sure it is like a struggle and things because you're both working towards the same goal. You want a successful business. Yes, and I saw. I was actually while we were setting up. You and Scott were 
talking to each other and trying to work through something. And I was observing you in a way I was like, as a husband wife team, coming from a husband wife team. And I think you do, you look for in this sort of community of husband wife teams, because there are a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you're not under uh, maybe the same, maybe your, your name isn't on the same business card, like you're and like, you're still working towards the common goal of helping your partner succeed. And I think that is true in people that don't necessarily work in the same business. Certainly that, that FaceTime is, is a factor, but I think any husband wife team that that is a dual income household like you you're each other's biggest rah rah cheerleader and you have to remember that. So, but I noticed you and Scott and I was thinking the same thing. Like this is very it was very much the way JJ and I interact uh-huh. when we're like problem solving something or talking through something. And I think it's just like, you know, you communicate well and it's like, wait, I don't understand that. Go back. Go back. <laughs> I know that. Me with all this podcast um, technology and I'm like, okay, what if something goes wrong when you leave? And Katie and I are sitting here talking and I don't know what to do. And he has to, and he probably might've done a, a really sweet eye roll because he has to reiterate to me every time. All right, you punch this button on the computer if this happens. And I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure. But it's nice having him around. He's been very helpful. He didn't eye roll and you guys <laughs> were so okay. sweet and you guys had a really great exchange and it was like super respectful. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. Like it was cool to see another husband wife team doing it right. Good, so, good. Well, yes. thank you. Um, so on a personal level, also as a business owner and as a mom of two little boys, I mean, I have two boys and a girl, but I have two boys. So, and they were the first two, you know, back to back. And I know how stressful it is. I was even talking with Scott today. Um, he was bringing me down to earth a little bit because I was getting a little stressed out about have a lot of different balls in different areas right now. Um, I don't even know if that's the right analogy. Sure. A lot of, I just have a lot of things going on that I feel like you've said that I'm not doing well. I was getting a little stressed out and I'm sitting here trying to think like, oh, what could, how do you relax is what, is what I want to get to because I'm not even going to ask you how you balance it all because I think that's such a dumb, nobody balances anything in life as a small business owner and a mom and a wife. It's just hard to find balance. But how does, how does Katie relax? Like, what is your go-to? Do you exercise? Do you do yoga? Do you meditate? Do you go for a walk? Do you go shopping? I mean, I don't know. What do you do to relax when things have just, just gotten to be too much? First of all, thank you. Let's all burst the bubble of balance. It, yeah. It's it, Of course, we all want balance. Balance is this beautiful euphoric place right and it's I think if we stop trying to make that the pinnacle of life like if we can Mm -hmm. just sort of accept our place and look for those moments of like I need time and recognize I need time for myself today and take that time I think that it will sort of become a byproduct of of having that mentality I'm crazy hype type a very ADD very high energy and I started practicing yoga. Um, it's been, it'll be two years in November and it, it really has changed my life. I, um, it, if you are type, if you're any type, it is a place where you have to go and breathe. And my husband has started asking me, he'll hear me take a big cleansing breath. He goes, Oh my God, what's wrong? (laughs) What's that sigh for? What is that sigh for? And I go, I'm just taking a deep cleansing breath. But you, you'll, I'll notice myself not breathing. I'll stop. It's crazy. You will hold your breath. Me too. And I yoga know. has 
really made me more woke to that. Like I'm not breathing right now. Holy cow. And it's simple stuff, but I started practicing yoga and actually this week because it's spring break, I I was like, I'm going to get three practices at my studio this week. And taking time to meditate is really hard. And I, I try and do that. It's to sit still and be quiet and to be calm, like to be still with your thoughts is scary, scary. So taking that time, that's the way I balance. I also take time for self-care. Anyone who says you're a bad mom for taking time for self-care can go take a walk because I think that's so important, whether it's going and getting your nails done or going for a walk, a literal walk, or going and working out, whatever that is for you. It's different for every woman in every way. Um, that self-care is so vital. I think it's vital to being a good mom to step away. I, I have seen people and, and friends that are in situations where they're not stepping away and they, they're a mess. Like it's, it's hot because it's hard. It is hard. Whether you're working or not, being a mom is so important and so tough. And to take that time is just, it's vital. And I take it in the way of yoga or, you know, to, uh, going in and getting a massage. I have like a really funky neck issue and going and taking time to deal with that just stupid self-care going to the dentist like you have to do these things you know you're probably like and I was thinking this morning oh my god I need to go to the dentist but just like self-care can look a lot of different ways and making sure that you're taking that time to take care of your body and your mind and your soul and your health I think is is really it, it 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 goes a long way so is that how you stay so fit is yoga is that it do you eat good So I started this thing where I make this salad. I make it like every day and I take it for lunch on like probably three days a week, four days. I try to do four days. I try to eat a lot of salad and greens just to like, and I started drinking journey juice. Um, I I get my greens that way. I want you to elaborate on a journey juice and I want you to elaborate on exactly what's in this salad. Okay. The salad is I get, um, sweet cherry tomatoes. You have to splurge a little bit for the good ones. Um, feta cheese totally worth it to get the earth fair feta which I've only done once but it was amazing and then I sometimes cucumber like like olives whatever like kitchen sink it just throw whatever's in but that's sort of my base and then I just cut up a bunch of lettuce romaines mixed greens and then I throw together rice wine vinegar olive oil salt pepper a little lemon juice toss that sucker up um, I throw in an apple usually I I I had a personal trainer for a little while and she told me that the fastest way to be unhealthy because I don't want to talk about weight. Like let's talk about being healthy to, to make unhealthy choices for your body, for your mind, for your, you know, health is when you get hungry, you go after sugary, uh, kind of like easy, just you, you walk into the gas station, I'll grab a bag of Cheetos and I like Cheetos, the biggest fan, Swedish Mm -hmm. fish. Stop. I can't. And so just making a health, like having an apple on my desk is something I always have. So if I'm craving, like I need some sweet, and listen, we have, we call it the bodega at Cheeky Peach. We like all bring snacks and like we have this like little area that if you are wanting that, go do you, sis. Get you a snack. <laughs> and listen, we all have those days where I'm like, I'll go up and be like, chocolate. Do we have chocolate? No, we've got gummies. Okay, great. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's moderation, you know, right. but, but I also, I work really actively on my floor. So I walk a lot of steps a day and I chase two very active toddlers. My kids are super active. I think all plus yoga, I think all of those things kind of come together to, mm-hmm. to keep me f- more fit than I would be if I worked at a desk. Cause I have worked at a desk and I, and I haven't been as fit. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of my and everybody's different. Again, the packing of the food, the prepping of the salad, it's a really easy salad to throw together, but just that has been definitely changed things up because it's really easy to just run up to Zaxby's and get a Zax pack or whatever, right? <laughs> I know. I'm sitting there going, Oh, if I worked where you did, I'd be going to the Waffle House next oh door and be going down to Zaxby's. Now you have Chick-fil-A. Oh my right gosh. There. I I'm mean, in the Mecca of food. I'm right in the center of downtown Athens. Like you can get anything that's delicious on any given day. So you, right. I really try to, and then give, I give myself a splurge day too. If I know it's going to be a crazy day, I'll bring food in for the whole staff. We'll get pizza from little Italy for the whole staff, like on a crazy mm. Friday. But mm-hmm. listen, girl, we're working it off on those days. Yes, you are. I will say, I I got the pleasure of doing a Facebook Live at Cheeky Peach back in, was it around Christmas or January? When was that? When did it we do that? November? Been, it would have been our holiday launch. It would have been early November. November. And it was a modern, mo- modern, modern mother, mothers, modern yeah. mothers mm-hmm. photo shoot. And then um, she was kind of showing how women that are moms and maybe a little bit older than the college age girl could come into your store and actually find clothes. Because I'm sure there are some moms that thought that, I can't buy anything in this store. It's too hip, too, like, young. So I thought it was a really cool concept that you included moms in the modern motherhood. I did the makeup for the models for all the really cool moms that she had. And um, it was amazing. I have to, I'm going to interrupt you and say it was amazing. Your makeup was (laughs) unbelievable. And I feel like everybody walked away with so many great tips. So thank you for that. Good. We did the photo shoot, but then Katie got us all back together for a Facebook Live, and it got lit. I had to leave a little early, oh my gosh. but it did get lit. And you made one of the best charcuterie trays I've ever seen. I was very impressed. I was like, does she usually have all that available for her staff or was that just for us? <laughs> they I <mean>, wish. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was really, I was very impressed by your charcuterie tray. Thank you. So people are eating well at Cheeky Peach. What is your go-to mom look clothing wise? What is and what is your go-to date night look for with your hubby? Date night is tonight. My husband and I, I know, and Fantastic. we never go midweek date, but we I, we have had a lot going on, and I he's really in, he's got a ton of baseball games he's doing, and we are not seeing each other a lot. Like we are ships passing, sort of. And my, my son has gotten into sports. He's five, so he's into little league. So that's a whole new. And he does jujitsu. Like there's a, like it's kind of I I I get when you said earlier you have a lot of balls in the air. I can only imagine and like how overwhelming that must feel on certain days with all the sports and all of the things you have to do plus your business and and now you're taking on a podcast. So kudos by the way. Thank you're you. so cool and you're doing great things and so much respect. So you are going on a date night tonight. You're and going what on are you date gonna night wear? and I'm going to wear this. I mean it's a midweek date night so I'm wearing black. I'm I'll tell you I'm wearing my vegan leather black Spanx. I'm wearing a snakeskin booty um, that's like a mid-ankle booty. I'm wearing an oversized cream-free people tunic, a hat. I have on a ton of jewelry. And this is just kind of how I do date night when I go from work to date. I love black jeans. Like I really don't dress in a really girly, overtly sexual manner. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not how I'm comfortable. I'm really comfortable looking like this. This But I still... I. I would call you sexy right now. I love the gypsy-layered jewelry. Well, That's what you. I would say with all of your jewelry. Thank and then, you. I mean, the free people top is unbuttoned a little bit. Yeah, it's sure. It's snazzy. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. And this <laughs> is where, it. this is what I'm comfortable in. So it's And you're going to feel sexy if you feel comfortable. I am a big fan 100%. of, if you are not comfortable, you are not going to emit sexiness in whatever you're wearing, where there be your makeup. If you're not used to a red lip and it feels awful on, well, then you don't need to be wearing it. You're, you know, right. if people tell you, 
red lip sexy. It's only sexy if you wear it well and you wear it confidently. So I think you look very sexy. Thank you. In everything you have on. And good for you for going on a date. Thanks. And I, I want to speak to that really quickly too. If you, and this is just a tip or trick. And like you said, with a red lip, that's totally me. I try it. And then I'm like, why am I wearing this lip? It's not comfortable. <laughs> um, if you are walking out of a dressing room, and this is something that happens at Cheeky Beach all the time, and I tell people, even though if they're on the fence, I'm like, do not buy that that item, don't buy that dress, don't buy that whatever. If you are jerking on something or shifting, fidgeting in any way, don't buy that item, whatever it might be, because you are not going to wear it. You're going to get it home, and it's going to sit in your closet, and it's going to be money burnt. Put that money elsewhere. Put it, save it for the thing that you walk out of the fitting room or you're standing in the fitting room and you feel like it's just kind of coming from within, like that little glow. You mm-hmm. should feel that about everything. That that concept, what is it? People are cleaning out their all their worldly possessions because they're not sparking joy or whatever. Oh, I forget like, her name. Maria Kondo, Marie Kondo or something. You're, you're and I do, I, I've never watched that, but I, I haven't either. My friends are all sparking joy, so I'm, I, that's a thing. But, or <laughs> looking for sparking joy. But, Tell them to give so, us the cliff notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know what I, to like, do. Give me the edit. So, <laughs> so, but here's the thing, like it really does, like your clothes should spark joy and you're probably not going to wear them if they don't in the fitting room. So just look for those things. If you're not fidgeting, and you're feeling really good, that's that's a winner. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a really simple thing, but people don't realize they're doing it. They'll come out and like be pulling or, you know, touching mm-hmm. a certain area a lot. It's like, you don't let, I just feel my tummy just feels a little bit, I really like this dress. Don't buy it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to let, you're going to get home and be mad at me. <laughs> I don't well, want I, that. I, I will say to that note, as a business owner, as a boutique owner, as a fashion maven, as you are, that's probably why your sales are so good and your store's doing so well because people are trusting you because you're not overselling them on things they shouldn't be wearing. I mean, you just saying that and like saying that, oh, I see you pulling at that, honey. You don't need to go home with that. There'll probably be a lot of people be like, oh, no, that looks great on you. You should buy that just to like make a sale. That's probably a reason I, I would say personally knowing you and knowing your staff is that's why... You are successful because people are trusting you that you're not just trying to sell them a, you know, an outfit that really doesn't look good or that you can tell when they put it on, it doesn't look good. I think that's a big key to any business is honesty and truthfulness. I mean, that's the same way I deal with people like clients when they want me to do their makeup and they come in and they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a minimalist. I only wear like chapstick, but should I like have a smoky eye or should I be like a Kim Kardashian? And I'm like, no, that's not what you are on a daily basis. I mean, unless you just want me to turn you into that for editorial reasons, but that's probably not going to be comfortable for you. So let's find a good middle ground. Let's ease you into this makeup thing. It's probably the same thing with clothes. I mean, I'm in some leggings right now, but I don't, you might have to ease me into the whole bike short thing. I'm going to have to come into the store and come you, on show, by, you show me how to wear the bike shorts. <laughs> um, okay. What is the best part about owning your own business? Not necessarily just a, a clothing store, but what is the best part about owning your own business and then... On the opposite side of that, what is the the most challenging or the hardest part that you least like about owning your own business? Let's start with the challenge. The most challenging part is when something goes wrong on any level, I really believe that the onus is on me, that regardless if it's my employee doing something um, or if something goes wrong or, you know, even just like something happened in the store with... Uh, a customer making one of my employees uncomfortable. I feel that personally. Like that is very important to me that everybody always feels comfortable and like they're in a community that's supportive and like, you know, just everything, the buck stops with you. It's nobody else. 
And if you don't really own that role, people, again, it's like trust, honesty. People aren't going to, like, they're not going to care. They're, you're going to have big turnover in your staff. You're going to have HR problems. Um, and, you know, and, and like if one of my managers gets sick on a Saturday and I have people coming over, guess what? I'm going in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can't get another manager to cover, and thank God I have really great employees who are like, okay, I'll totally take that shift or I'll jump in because I jump in for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I have a test. I'll tell them. I'll look at them and say, go home. Mm-hmm. I got this. So we have a, a family. Like it is a family vibe. But the buck stops with me. So if something happens, I'm responsible. And I always take responsibility. Even if it's something my employee that worked for me for a week and quit did or said or, you know, whatever, which, you know, that's such a out there that rarely, rarely, rarely happens. But if and when it does, I own it. Mm-hmm. it you have to pick up the slack. Yes. There's no other way to, and then, and, which is something yeah. that's really hard because, I mean, you've got two kids. It's kind of hard to just pick up and leave them. If you know, sometimes you have to take sometimes them. Sometimes you take them into the store. Sometimes I'm sure. you take them. Yeah. I mean, something popped up two Sundays ago, and I just I took my kids into the store. I was like, you know what? I'm not forf- forfeiting that important time on a Sunday morning with my kids. They'll come with me. We'll make lemon, you know, lemonade out of lemons, and we'll take them and we'll go, you know, have breakfast or whatever. What will they? So, what will they do in the store? What do those two little? They little play hide things? and seek. We have this huge denim area, and we have like all these cubbies. So they mm-hmm. hide in the cubbies, and they run around like maniacs. And that's why when people come in the store with kids and they apologize, I'm like, please, nothing my sons haven't done. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the best part is, of course, the the high of a really, really fun day. And for me, you can have a really great day in sales, but it's like if the vibe feels like a big party, like um, in the back of the store by the fitting rooms, if everybody's interacting with one another, oh my gosh, you know. They across the fitting rooms. They don't two people that don't know each other. That looks so good on you. Can I try that on? Ooh, that in red. Oh my gosh, girl, those boots. Like that kind of community and vibe. That's what I like get off on as a business owner. That's the high that I get. And at the end of the, one of those days, when I close, I will like send everybody out, and I just take like ten minutes to like meditate and be thankful. And that's part of my process too. Is like we're like sitting there and absorbing that like high and just being thankful for it. So that's like like, who else gets that opportunity? It's Mm -hmm. really cool. And I'm really thankful for it. Well, that is fun to kind of see what you've built because you've put all those people there together, you know? And so that's basically your baby that you've, I mean, your baby, that's not your baby. You got two little boys, but that story is your baby. And those people that you put in there are your baby. So that is, that that's cool. I, I, I get that. Let's go back around real quick. You're going on a date night tonight. This is your date night. Look, jewelry, you know, leggings, mm-hmm. fancy, sexy boots. What's your go-to mom look, though? Like, if you're comfortable running around, you're not at the store, and you're just, like, going out to Target, what's, like, your go-to pieces, like, your easy pieces that you always throw on? So I'm going to go to, like, kind of my summer because that's when I get a lot of time to be with my kids. That's when we get to go on vacation out west. We spend a lot of time outdoors, and... That's sort of the time that I feel like we get to recharge as a family. That's when I'm generally in a white t-shirt and boyfriend jeans and a really comfortable pair of slides or a pair of sneakers. That's kind of the day-to-day outfit um, if we're not hiking or whatever and I'm in athleisure wear. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's kind of where I live. Like when I'm at home and I'm entertaining, I really like for people just to feel like it's very casual and comfortable. If it's the summer, I don't wear shoes and I just put on a pair of boyfriend jeans and a t-shirt. And I'm generally, I have to say, like, I don't wear a lot. I wear a lot of makeup in the store every day. So I'll put on like a little mascara and that's really it. So I think that like, 
I feel like sometimes I have two versions of myself, the version that is at home and a mom and entertaining for like my very close friends that is like in the boy, the tomboy, you know, mm-hmm. the, that's eight year old Katie kind of coming out and just being really comfortable in that vibe. And that's how I dress in the store certainly, but I do glam it up more and I do like to glam it up for um, date night. And, and that's fun for me. I like to dress that way too, but certainly on the day to day casual being a mom, that's kind of how I, that's how I dress or in like in the winter in my Spanx leggings and oversized cardigan or knit of some sort and a band tee under it. And then a, a great pair of fashion sneakers. That's kind of my day. And you are my kind of girl because you like to wear the hoop earrings that you could literally hoop in. Always. I'm generally always in a hoop, too. I can be in a t-shirt and I'm on a hoop. I can't believe I don't have them on today, but I have on a lot of layered necklaces, which I actually saw in your Instagram stories today, you talking about that Mm -hmm. that is in to layer like the coin necklaces and the saint-looking necklaces Mm -hmm. and everything. And I was like, oh, good. I'm already wearing my layered coin-looking necklaces. I feel like I'm on trend after watching your Instagram story today. Who would you say is your style icon? And you can have more than one. But, like, who's kind of your influenced your style, or is there anyone that's influenced? I feel like I, I found Anin Bing, this designer who, I don't know, like, Instagram suggested her for me. And I don't know if I just tagged, like, blazers and band tees too many times in posts or what. But she popped up, and I started following her. And, like, I feel like our style is very... Um, it's very similar. It's say her name again. Anine Bing. She's, okay. I want to say she's Scandinavian, but I might be screwing that up. But she started a brand basically of like tees and jeans and blazers and really funky, cool shoes. And I just, I felt very immediately, and this is the the power of Instagram. I felt very immediately connected to her brand and it's, it's certainly higher end. Um, and it's really fun and cool. And I wish I could afford all of it. Um, but I, she's somebody I look up to. She's a mother, you know, she's done incredible things for her business. And, um, yeah, so I, I, she's, she's my style icon, but I I feel like I kind of dress. I know, isn't that, I'm not trying to be like, but I I feel like I kind of, I have, yeah, I try maybe a little to dress like her. Oh, I cannot wait to go look her up. She's super cool. But one thing, um, I, I like that you said that you like her because she's a mom. I feel like I am, um, I'm starting to focus more on like on the people I follow on Instagram and everything. I'm starting to not unfollow people because they're young, but because that's not my um, realm of life anymore. That's not my stage in life, I guess, anymore. And so I, I've had to unfollow very, very young like beauty influencers because I'm mm. like, well, my face doesn't look like that anymore. My face is falling and my eyelashes are thinning. And that's just not, you know, that doesn't look like me and I don't really resonate with that. And it makes me feel bad about myself at times. So I've had to shift my focus. And so I'm starting to follow a little bit, you know, an older Instagram, social media crowd. Um, How do you do that? And it's not like we're old. I mean, you're in your 30s. I'm in my 40s. I feel like that's pretty young nowadays. I mean, JLo just turned 50 and she looks better than ever. But how do you buy for a college-aged girl when you're not college-aged anymore? Like, how is... How are you able to do that? Do you take other girls, college age girls, college aged girls that work with you along with you on your buying trips, or do you just have a knack for buying for all ages? We need to talk about JLo for one moment, okay? Because let's talk about she her. just got engaged. Mm-hmm. She, I think, she is just a rad, rad woman, and also. She wears hoops all the time. And when mm-hmm. you brought up hoops, the first thing I thought of was JLo and probably that we have followed and loved her music and her acting. And I she certainly definitely color. feel like oh I'm, gosh. yeah, oh my gosh, yes. a dancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No one probably 
25% of the people listening to this are going to know what that is, but check it out. <laughs> check out did. J-Lo when she was dancing on Oh, that's where she started. So, um, the question was, though, how do you buy for the younger college-aged girls? Do you just have a knack, or do you take younger girls along with you, like the 20-year-olds? I have to ask the younger girls. And honestly, when we go out on, I have younger friends, I feel like my friends are either, like, mid-20s or, like... 40 plus. I, I I have a group of friends that are my age, but I, I hang out with so many younger people that, that just through industry, we end up, you know, we're in Vegas and we go out for dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my friends through industry have become good friends of mine and former employees have become really, really close friends of mine. So it's, it's interesting, but I ask them a lot. I, because listen, I'm 35 and I need to be able to respond to my customer that is not. I'm in a college town. I'd be a moron if I didn't listen to my employees. And also just to get downtown on a game day and see what people are wearing and make sure I'm still tapped into that and asking, you know, guys, what trends do you want? I ask every season before I go to Vegas on our, we have a group me for our staff. What trends do you guys love? What are you loving right now? What colors? What What's influencing you? Who are you looking at? And I'll go kind of do all of that legwork and research. When I go on big buying trips, it's my husband and I. He'll enter in POs, purchase orders while I'm going around and working. He is my roadmap. He guides me through the whole trade show. He keeps me, you have to be in and out of this place in under half an hour or else we're going to miss these two other appointments. Mm -hmm. He literally... I mean, markets like, are chaotic chaotic and I mean I was always stationary in my showroom you know working with buyers like you and behind the desk and y'all came to us I, I I bet that is very difficult to kind of keep yourself on task and not missing those appointments because if you miss those appointments especially with really popular brands you might be out of luck for that shopping trip and you know those buying trips are probably not expensive either to have to fly to Vegas and fly to New York yeah. um, what are your favorite markets I think I kind of already know what are your favorite markets do you go to Atlanta New York, Vegas, do you go to all of them or some of them? I do Vegas and Atlanta every show. I do, I've done New York. I love New York because I, it's like, it's not a great show for me. A lot of my brands don't show there, but I love going for food. And, you know, we made a birthday trip out of it last February. For me, it was my 35th birthday. So we went up for that. So it's a fun trade show. It's inspiring. It's not quite my bag, but Vegas, Vegas is chaos and I love chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, any given human walking into that trade show would be completely overwhelmed. And when I say trade show, I mean like eight airplane hangers worth of vendors set up selling you things. Yeah. That was always my favorite one to work though. I'll be honest. The vibe was just so much more fun and people were having fun buying. Um, New York was very serious whenever I worked which, yeah, it's a serious business, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as much fun as Vegas was. I, I also have been pushed a couple times in New York trade show, I'm not going to lie. I've been, like, physically, like, pushed, and I just, that's not for me, man. Like, oh. we're buying clothes. Give me a break. No, like, thank you. That's just not my vibe. So, like, in Vegas is, like, it's a little competitive and chaotic, but... I'm, I'm into competitive and chaotic. I'm not into physical. Like, mm -hmm. this is not a contact sport. <laughs> We're buying clothing. Right. It's not life or death. <laughs> um, if you didn't own Cheeky Peach, what would you want to be doing right now? Or what do you think you'd be doing? Bag groceries at Trader Joe's. Really? I think that would be so, like, that, zen. That is an amazing company to work for. One of my best friends, her sister's husband works for Trader Joe's, and he loves it. He manages a store in Florida. I would, I think I would and stand in talking and I love, I love Trader Joe's product. I love, I'm kind of a, 
my mom's like, oh my God, shut up about Trader Joe's. But that is the hippie so, in you coming out. I know. So that, <laughs> or I would, if, and this is sort of my retirement plan is to, I want to move out West when my kids are out of the house and I want to, I would love to become a yoga instructor and to go on like hikes and teach yoga at some point or throughout. Like, I think that would be really, really cool in my retired life. So I have a lot of practicing to do before that. (laughs) So seriously, you would love to go bag groceries at Trader Joe's? I think right now, if I like, if I, if everything went wrong at Cheeky Peach, I would 100% go in and apply. And yeah, I think like talking to people, communicating with people, product I love, and you know what? That is a place that the employees are always in a good mood. Don't yes. you feel that? Don't you yes. feel that way? Every and time like, I go in listen, there. there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, they're always happy. Like, yeah. They're always helpful, happy. I've never had a bad Trader, Trader Joe's experience. Like, so that's laugh away, but I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like, yeah. it is, like, I think I would really enjoy that job. And I think it would be a very, like, zen, just like I, the, the methodical, like, scanning and putting into bags and then, like, talking to people. I think it would really work for my personality. I think you'd be great at it. You would be the most fashionable Trader Joe's person there, too. I would love that. They have the best flowers. My flowers today are from Trader Joe's. I only buy flowers from Trader Joe's. They last the longest, and they're the cheapest. Me, too. And you can go. I think they get their deliveries on Wednesdays. You can go, and I, for any event, um, I've done, like, I threw a big event for the Junior League, and I did all the florals, my mom and I, and we got them all from Trader Joe's. Like, you can deck it out from Trader Joe's. Wow. I would never. So you can buy flowers in bulk from them. Like I just went on a morning that they got a delivery of hydrangeas, and I bought all of them. You're the one that buys all the hydrangeas. Yes. You know what? Guilty. They don't ever have enough peonies, though. Every time no. they get peonies, they are gone like that. I know, because they're beautiful, and they last a long time. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see the future of your store being like? Have you ever had ideas? I mean, I see a lot of really successful boutiques, small boutiques, franchising and that sort of thing in, a, in expansion. Is that anything in your mindset for the future for Cheeky Peach or no thank you? Like, what, what do you see the future of the store right now? We've come really close to opening a store with um, a couple of former employees. At the end of the day, it was about them just kind of being like, eh, I'm not ready. That's a lot of responsibility. And I'm very upfront. You know, for the first, you know, few years of running it, I worked every holiday. You know, it was me. And I'm very straight up about that. But, you know, the takeaway is so important for me to be my own boss to manage my own time to be able to in the summer take that time off when I want it that that the trade-off was worth it so I think that will be down the road I think eventually one of my former employees will come back to me and say like I'm ready now and I think I will do that with somebody but it has to be with someone I have a relationship built with that I trust because franchising isn't the model that works for me I think if I opened five cheeky peach locations around the southeast and just hired whoever to run it that didn't really care and stood and you know checked their own instagram and snapchatted their friends all day and the experience doesn't translate like what is Mm -hmm. cheeky peach without the experience so um yeah i mean i think eventually i'll open maybe another location or two but it has to be with the right person in the right place and then i really would love to start a denim brand Um, I'm kind of taking the year to research that. I don't know if it'll come to anything or not. It's like crazy. Once I started going down some rabbit holes and talking to people, the, um, environmental implications of denim, it's almost like you kind of want to unring that bell once you start to understand what goes on in that industry. But, um, the sustainability, the waste that's produced, um, 
you know, as a mother, I think about the future and the future for my kids and their kids and their kids. And so that's been kind of like a heavy, it's been a lot heavier than I thought it would be. It's like, oh, I'm going to start a denim brand. And then you start to look and it's like, whoa. (laughs) So I don't know, maybe down the road that I'm just kind of taking the year to talk to people, have coffee, lots of coffee and lunch meetings and research and Mm -hmm. pick people's brains and try to understand it. So I don't know. Right off the bat, I'm sure you've thought of this. What would you name your denim brand? Do you have any like... I have one, but I can't say it. You can't say it. It's not oh, registered. Darn. Okay. I, have I knew I that was probably it. something you'd already thought of, though. Yeah. I feel like people do think of names first when they're like, ooh, I would name it this. It's actually one of my employees. We were throwing some stuff around, my social media guru and sort of right hand, Natalie, she came up with it, and it's really cool. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. Okay. Well, if that comes to fruition, we're going to have to have an episode two on the podcast it. to have you on to promote your new denim line. Let's do it. Um, do you have any, I mean, this is a podcast. Do you have any podcasts that you currently listen to? Do you listen to podcasts right now? Oh my gosh. Who doesn't listen? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, well, there's you, people that I'm, don't. You're going to be my favorite. Okay. So, I hope so. Duh. <laughs> and I but love what do you true, listen to? I love true crime. I just started Live and Die in LA or how to... To Live and Die in L.A. I listened to Up and Vanish, Serial, every season. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, I love – I've listened to every single episode of How I Built This, maybe save for one um, or two that I've missed. Um, oh, now tell me about that one. I'm not familiar oh, with that. And how I Built This? Who's that? How I Built This. It's a – it's a, Produced by NPR, Guy Raz. He interviews entrepreneurs, uh, starters, founders on how they began their businesses. uh, Any business. I mean, they they run the gamut from Bonobos, the men's clothing brand, to um, Glossier, the skincare line that Mm -hmm. you're the the beauty line, um, to Cisco Systems. And it's crazy the way people start and scale their businesses and so interesting and fun and I I just I can't get enough um yeah and I a lot of you know Refinery29 um does a podcast that's hit or miss for me um I've started trying to get into more fashion podcasts but sometimes the hosts are hard to follow or the subject isn't super interesting Mm -hmm. I really love business is what I've found I think building business is really interesting and then of course like what middle-aged mom doesn't love murder? <laughs> so, like, true crime. I've heard that true crime's good. That's another one I don't listen to, but I've heard that oh, it is so great. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I'm blanking on my favorite. It's, like, it's a division. Like, Is it a business one? worked with Serial did, ugh, I'm blanking. Everybody's probably screaming into their, <laughs> into, the, into their car or their It'll headphones. It'll come to me. It'll come to you. Okay, well, um, all right. So, I know that you have a date night to get to. I do. And, um... I want to wrap things up, but there are a couple things that I like to do at the end of my podcast now with all of my guests. Um, And the first thing is I always like to ask my podcast friends that come on to talk with me um, to bring their favorite products, their favorite beauty or skincare products, because everyone wants to know what's working for other people. So I've asked Katie to bring hers. And so will you tell everybody a little bit about what you have brought with you today? I want to start by saying... A, I love following you on Instagram because your tips, your tricks, um, and I also feel like beauty is just something that's, as you're getting older, taking care of your skin is so important. And I've started using the uh, the woman who does facials for me, recommended Naturopathica. Is that how you say it? Naturopathica? Ooh, I don't know. It sounds it's a, right. It's a, it's a um, 
all plant-based um, line of beauty cleansers, moisturizers, and I my skin has been clearer and happier than ever and brighter than ever. I might not look it, but it no, is. No, it looks great. I mean, I'm looking at you right now. It looks very glowy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I love, like, kind of my daily routine. I wear a lot of concealer because, you know, mm-hmm. tired moms. My two-year-old still wakes up at night. Yay. Oh, and then my five-year-old gets in bed, so concealer is important. But the three products that I really, really love, I brought, um, I use High Beam from Benefit, like sort of, what is this area called? Your cheekbones, like the like high part upper. of your cheekbones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like after I put concealer on, I almost look a little stark. Mm-hmm. So I just use it to like give a little tap and it gets like a little glowy and reflective. Mm-hmm. And it's then very like a little on the tip right of the now. nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bare Minerals, I got this as a sample. It's the Bare Minerals Swag Matte, like, like a little lip, what do you, like a lip color in like a little tube. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, just like a matte lipstick. In the dredges of it. I have, it's on my list at Ulta to go get more. Yeah, girl, you but need to go get I love another this one. Stuff. I love it. It looks like, the finish looks like a NYX soft matte lip cream. That's what that looks like okay, on you. That's so it looks how like a soft, matte, soft matte lip cream. That's exactly what it looks like. And the color is good. It's called I like Swag. The color. It's called Swag. And, it's a good color. But I, I wear an herbivore um, lip like exfoliator before I put a lip on. I didn't do it before I came here because I was running from work. But normally when I put a lip on, I try and do that just to get any of that dry. You know when people put lip on and then it's like, girl, that is my number one thing when I work with clients. I always tell them exfoliate your lips because your lipstick will look not it will not look good if you Oof. have dry, flaky lips. So yes, a lip exfoliator is so key. And I feel like I always tell women to use one and they're like, what, huh? What is that? And I'm like, a lip scrub. Mm-hmm. If you have to make your own out of sugar and olive oil, just do it. Yeah. And just do it every night with your toothbrush, rub it in, put on some lip balm, kind of trap in that moisture. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if you have dry, flaky, flaky lips, your lipstick is not going to look as good as it should. No. So very Especially good matte. Tip. Way to Oh, matte. Oh, oh it is the worst. Or like a red or like a dark. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No, exfoliate those lips. So that was a good tip. Way to bring that one out. Thanks. And, and then I, I got this little like Ulta peach pop. I like one of my friends is so pretty and she wears a lot of blush and so I decided I was going to wear a lot of blush. I love blush. This is blush. how I make stupid decisions. I love <laughs> blush. I think it is a very underused product. So I started using it and I really like it. This is Ulta Beauty Peach Pop, a six peach six peach six piece blush palette and I really like the tones of it I don't know if they're right for my skin oh no those I are just, beautiful I, I use that one and that one it's like a dark like a dark matte pink and then like a little bit of a brighter sort of like has a little shiny in it. and you know what you need to do one thing I tell people one of the best brown eyeshadows you could ever use is to use your bronzer <gasps> so those two on the right use those just in your crease it will probably be the most perfect brown eyeshadow you've ever used how have I never thought of that or I tell people to use bronzer all the time on their eyelids it is amazingly the best brown and people just don't think about it but it's, it works for your 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 complexion and your cheekbones and your neck why not use it on your eyeballs that's brilliant and so I ha- and I don't have to have another palette because no, when I'm traveling go use those two browns on the right side in on your eyeball you'll be amazed it'll look beautiful you're really good at what you do <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my next part. Oh, and then I always talk about my pretty powerful product of the day as well. I always bring that up um, since the podcast is pretty powerful. So I have one product I always like to bring up. It's whatever I'm using that day or another product that I love. And the one that um, I'm loving today and every day is one of my favorite drugstore mascaras ever is the CoverGirl Lash Blast Volume 
I wear it in waterproof. I wear waterproof every day because I just don't want my mascara running down in my face, especially with summertime coming. Um, if you get hot, you get sweaty, you get in the pool with your kids, you just, and I will wear mascara in the pool. I'm not afraid to admit it. So um, I wear mascara all the time. You'll never see me without it. So this CoverGirl Lash Blast Volume, have you ever tried this? I used to wear a CoverGirl. It's not that one though. Okay. This one is honestly my favorite. It's in an orange tube. I've used it for years. I will always try an expensive mascara and I'll go back to that one. It is just the best. I use it on clients. I use it on myself. It separates. It builds volume. It builds length. It's just the best. I have it on today. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older and I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but as a recovering sleep in your makeup girl in college, isn't that disgusting? I know it's so bad. College girls take your makeup off. Yes, oh my please, gosh! Please. But and I wear skincare to... products too. Yes, and on your neck, it's yes. so important. It is. So and don't go to the tanning bed. That's another oh. one. <laughs> you can spray tan. Like there should be yes. no need for a tanning bed. No. So I'm afraid of waterproof mascara specifically because I'm worried or products in general, but um, mascara, because as I've gotten older, I feel like my eyelashes shed faster and I don't like, I want them to stay Mm -hmm. intact. So what do you use to take off your waterproof? That Neutrogena, um, waterproof I'm that blue. River, it's in the blue mm-hmm. the blue okay. and everybody makes a, a cheap okay. version target makes a great cheap, cheap version kroger um i use that on a cotton pad and we'll just use a lot of it and just gently rub over my um lash line i also use because my skin is dry as i get older i use a cleansing balm always by it cosmetics to remove my makeup and it's very oily it's almost like coconut oil and that also helps to remove i mean sometimes it'll take the cleansing balm, and then I'll take the eye makeup remover or vice versa. It doesn't really matter to take off my waterproof mascara. It is work. That's why a lot of people tell me, like, I don't like to use waterproof. I'm like, but I like the way it stays throughout the day. And waterproof um, also holds the curl in your lashes better. If you use a lash curler, um, it holds the curl longer. The, the waterproof formula does. And I like my lashes to be curled and lifted. I started using a balm, a cleansing balm to take my mm-hmm. makeup off Um about a month ago it's such a different I've really really dry skin it's a mm-hmm. it's a game changer yeah it feels so good oh. I just feel like my skin does not feel dry and parched when I take all my makeup off yes I love a cleansing balm like mm-hmm. give me all the oils give me all the lotions mm-hmm. all of that so that is my pretty powerful product of the day the CoverGirl Lash Blast volume mascara if you're on a budget go get it it's good it performs and you'll love it I promise CoverGirl did not pay me to say that either. Maybe one day <laughs> not, they will. Not a hashtag paid ad. <laughs> no. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, okay. One of my other things, wrapping up. I know I keep saying I'm going to wrap it up, but I could keep talking to you forever. And we could just have another glass of wine, I wish. <laughs> but how I like to end all of my podcasts is with a, this or that. It's called my Jenny Sue Snaps. So I'll give you an example. I'm going to do a this or that. I'm going to give you two options, and you have to immediately pick which one you like the best. Don't think about it a very long time. Whatever comes to your mind of the two options I give you, you say the one that you like the most or that you you resonate with, I guess you could say. So I might say um, pink or purple. If you like pink, say pink. Okay? Got it. All right, ready? First one. Leopard print or snake print? Snake. Is that what you have on right now? Yes. Yes, snake print. She has on snake print (laughs) boots right now. And... Isn't that amazing? I dreamed that up before I even saw you today. I didn't even know what you were wearing. And then I wore snake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crop top or crop pants? Crop top. Tattoos or no tattoos? Tattoos. Do you have any? Yes. And I'm getting another one, like, in two weeks. Oh, fantastic. I have them, too, and I want another one. I just don't know what I want. Okay. We'll talk about that That's later. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> okay. Movies or books? Books. 
Makeup or hair? Hair. Wine or beer? Wine. Shopping in-store or add to cart? In-store. Yoga or the gym? Yoga. High heels or wedges? Wedges. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Okay, you did that swimmingly. <laughs> you did not like I could ex- at all. I could expand on all of those things and bore <laughs> everyone into an early bedtime, but I won't. I know. Oh, it would be so much fun, though. Okay, so I want you to remind everyone that is listening how to find you, how to find Cheeky Peach, how to find you on social. If your website, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to watch your Facebook lives, how do they find you on um social media. Yeah. So we're at Cheeky Peach on Facebook and Instagram. And those are the two main platforms we use. We uh, do Facebook live almost every Wednesday. We're switching it up a little bit. We found that our lunch customer likes to sometimes hear at lunch and then a breakfast is sometimes fun too. So generally on Wednesdays, two or three times a month, Instagram three times a week. Generally I'm on there showing new product unboxing at Cheeky Peach. And then I have an Instagram KJXCP that is fashion oriented and I don't post a ton of static posts but I do a lot of stories there I post outfit of the day I I really use the stories function there and just try and kind of document and have some fun so it's KJXCP so like KJ at CP and um yeah that's how you can find us and come hang out and shop and get connected and uh shopcheekypeach.com is our website we have some a really cool lookbook up there right now and uh, yeah for your instagram stories that you do do you keep those in highlights for a certain amount of time for the people that don't see them when you immediately put them up because instagram mm-hmm. story goes away in what is it 24 48 hours 24 hours yeah. um so do you ever save the highlights we sure do okay yes so we save highlights for the store in some different categories and then on KJXAP I'll even do like a if I'm if I have a weekday recipe for example I've posted like it's a go-to I've used for 10 years and it's so easy to make it's like four ingredients <gasps> Is that the is that the sandwich with the, the brisket? The brisket. I got more responses. Oh my gosh! To my brisket I, recipe. I've never in my life, and it is the it is so good. Okay, so this is so funny you mentioned that because I screenshot screenshotted that recipe, and I've yet to make it, but it looked so good. Everyone loves it. Go ahead and I mean, just go ahead and elaborate. Tell us real quick. It's, okay, what is this recipe? It's uh, it's a brisket. So just get a small one. And brisket has become expensive, so I don't do it as much as I used to. But a brisket, throw it in the crock pot, uh, a can of beef consomme, a Guinness beer, or just a dark beer that you have on hand. Uh, if you know you're in Athens, you probably do. And then um, a few pepperoncini and a packet of Italian seasoning. I think that's everything. Yeah, five ingredients. Put it on low all day. The key is the buttered bun. You get like a Publix deli, like the Kaiser rolls. Mm -hmm. You butter them, put them under the broiler, and then just serve the meat on top with more pepperoncini if somebody likes that. And it is yum, 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 yum. And then you can reuse it as nachos. Like take that brisket, make quesadillas, make nachos with it. It repurposes into soups, anything. Like you can repurpose it in a bunch of different ways. Or you can melt cheese on top of Ooh, those buttered girl. buns. Oh, Ooh. it did. It looked so good. You it's didn't yummy. I'm, I'm kicking myself that I did not make that, but I'm going to make it now. No, now okay. that I've got it on the on the podcast, I'll be able to remember <laughs> it. Well, thank you so much for taking so much time and coming thank over you. here today. She came straight from the store. She had a manager that needed to take a break. And she was like, oh, no, I've got we to be late. I'm like, girl, don't you worry. I'm here for you. And thank you for coming. Thank you. I and I you. love you. And I love everything you do. Thank you for all the great makeup tips and for keeping us all beautiful and fresh. 
course. And I'm gonna, I need to come back into your store and, and get myself some bike shorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll post that on Instagram later, like maybe. That. And what I'm going to do um, with the products that Katie has just spoke about um, that are her three favorites with the, um, with the lip color and the benefit and the Ulta Beauty peach pop. I will list those in the show notes if you so want to go see what they look like and we'll link them up so that you can go see them online. And that is a wrap for today and um, we'll see you on the next show. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Katie just as much as I did. I'm seriously thinking a glass of wine should start being the norm whenever I interview my fellow mamas. Now, if you're hearing this outro, well, thank you so much for sticking around. Now, two favors I'd like to ask of you loyal listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, first, be sure you are subscribed to my new show. Then second, if you would take a quick second to rate and review this podcast, that would be so appreciated. And as a reminder, you can also find me on social media by searching for at Jenny Sue Makeup. That's J-E-N-N-Y-S-U-E-M-A-K-E-U-P. I'm all over the place on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tag me at Jenny Sue Makeup on Instagram or Twitter and use the hashtag PrettyPowerfulPod. That's PrettyPowerfulPod as in podcast. And let me know what you liked about it. I would love to hear from you. Stay tuned for my next episode where I sit down with Heidi Hensley, a well-known local Athens artist and painter. And thanks again for listening.